Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Because you've got your brain brain processes 11 million bits of information per second. Then there's your intuition, your gut and your heart, which processes 40 million bits of information a second. And so often we ignore that. I know, I know I did like putting so much emphasis on academia. We ignore what our body's trying to tell us. And the thing is, your body never lies. That is another compass to put into your tool belt. Your body never lies. So learn to listen to it. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life with yours truly, Megan Farrell. If you're new to the show, what is up? My name is Megan. I'm the host of this podcast, creator of Balance by Megan, an international yoga and meditation teacher and wellness and lifestyle coach. If you've been tuning in for a while, if you've been a longtime listener, thanks so much for joining us once again. That was a clip from our guest of the show, Veronica Tai. You guys are in for such a treat in this episode. Veronica brought so much knowledge. She brought so much value. And I know you're going to gain so much information from this. Veronica is a life coach. She's a yoga teacher. She's a desire map facilitator, as well as host of the Curious Monkey podcast, which you guys need to go check out because I'm going to be on her show soon. Before we dive into today's incredible episode, though, a quick few announcements. This episode of the podcast has been brought to you by my 30-Day Transformation Series, a yoga series designed to inspire and empower you to make a positive change in your life, your body, and in your mind. This series will give you the tools to build strength, flexibility, and balance in your body. It will also give you the guidance in how to practice meditation and quiet the mind from the chaos of our day-to-day life. This course was created to get you started on your yoga journey. This is the course that I wish I had when I was starting out on my journey five years ago. It's everything that I felt I was missing at the time. So you get so much in the course, including 30 days worth of yoga and meditation videos, a few recipes to keep you healthy on your transformation journey, a calendar to keep track of your progress, and so much more. So these videos are super tangible. You can do them in a short amount of time and you're just taking time for yourself, for your health, for your well-being. 30 days, this is what got me started on my journey. So my hope is that the 30-day transformation will get you started on your journey and then to continue progressing and advancing your wellness and yoga journey. If you'd like to learn more about this series, make sure that you click the link in the show notes to go check it out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Fabletics. Fabletics is a clothing company that was co-funded by actress Kate Hudson in 2013 after realizing there was a gap in the market for stylish, high-quality workout gear at an affordable price. I know you can relate to this. To start, you take a quiz to get a personalized closet curated just for you. And then you can either check out as a guest or you can do what I did and become a VIP member. When you become a VIP member, you get your first two leggings for $24 and then you get 50% 
off of other outfits. Each month you'll get an option to purchase an outfit based on your quiz result or you can skip the month by the 5th so you don't get charged. I get so many compliments on my Fabletics outfit. You guys reach out to me on social media and say, where did you get those leggings? Where did you get this outfit? And 99.9% .9 of the time, they came from Fabletics. I've gotten full three-piece outfits as low as $15 when they have their sales. So make sure you follow the link in the show notes to get your first two pair of leggings for just $24 and show yourself some love and get yourself a new yoga outfit. So without further ado, please welcome Veronica Tai to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Veronica. I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks, Megan. I'm so happy to be on. Thank you. So can you let our listeners know just a little bit about who you are and where in the world you are joining us from today? Yeah, for sure. So I am a fellow Canadian. I am joining from the West side though. So I'm calling in from Calgary, Alberta. I don't think anyone really knows where Calgary is, like, especially <laughs> if you live elsewhere outside of Canada, but I really like to use the Rocky Mountains as that anchor point. So I live where the Rocky Mountains are and I feel so grateful for it. Okay. A little bit about me. I'm a life coach. I really love helping people who feel stuck in where they are in life and are yearning for something more, are looking for something more. I really love helping people figure out what they want and having the courage to get it. I'm also a fellow yoga teacher and podcaster. So I run the podcast Curious Monkey where I really am a curious monkey. So we're always exploring all these different modalities and the meaning of the experiences that we go through along life. Oh my gosh, that's so, so good. First of all, I'm loving the fellow Canadian too. It's funny because every time I get on a call with someone, a lot of my podcasts lately too, I've had a lot of like American podcast interviewees, inter yeah, interviewees. And it's so much, I don't know, for me, I, I feel like there's not enough Canadian people out there that are doing like yoga type stuff. It's all like people from the Europe or from America. And it's like, when you hear there's a fellow Canadian, you're like, yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah. I love that commonality. Woohoo. Canadians. It's so good. <laughs> and I love what you're doing. So I want to back right up to the very start and dive right into how did you get started on your yoga journey? Uh, <laughs> you want it from like the very, very beginning? <laughs> from day one. <laughs> I know, I know. I was thinking about this question because usually I, I tell people that my life really opened up and I feel like I became me after my yoga teacher training. So I even joke around on my podcast. I say, there's pre-yoga teacher training, kind of like BC or AC. And then there's after yoga teacher training, which is like BC or no wait, BC, AC. There we yeah. go. On the <laughs> but I was thinking about your question and I know you love to hear the whole story. And I think there's a very relevant piece in there. If we're talking about the yoga journey, which really in itself is this inner journey, this self-development journey, it didn't start at yoga teacher training. It started way, way back when I was a teenager, when I was 19 or 18. And at that point in time, I was finishing up high school. I was really struggling. Like 
High school was so difficult as it is for many, many other people in terms of realizing or finding your way through the world. Number one, understanding how you like to walk through this world. And number two, figuring out where you fit in. If there is now, now I don't even think there is such a thing. Everyone obviously fits in, but we're all unique little, we really are. We're all unique little snowflakes and we all fit together kind of like a quilt, I like to say. But back then it fitting in was such an important thing. I had no idea where I fit in, in the world, let alone my own school. Like I, I didn't know who I was and I struggled with that so much. It caused a lot of anxiety, a lot of lost nights of sleep. And as I was graduating high school, there was this looming sense of getting filtered into university where you get into quote unquote real life. To me, high school to university was real life and where you choose your major. And that is basically is like a stamp on your forehead as to what you are and how you will fit into the world moving forward. And I think I remember just getting so low, so nervous and so anxious about that that's what prompted me to pick up my first self-help book. I don't even remember what it was. I just remember that there was like um, a, a boat Bowie, like, you know, one of those like lifesaver floaty things that okay, people yeah. toss you if you're like slung over the side of the boat or something. And it had that on it. And I don't even remember what the title was, probably something along the lines of like figuring out your life or like save yourself <laughs> or something along <laughs> something there. And I don't, think I finished reading it, but what was planted there at that point in time was this idea of self-development. And this was like 10 years ago. Yeah. More than 10 years ago. (laughs) The scene had not blown up yet. Like I had Tony Robbins was not who he was today. People just don't know about him that didn't know about him all that much. And so the seed of self-development was planted. And I remember like the young grasshopper, naive me, 19 year old me, I just want to pet her on the head right now, (laughs) thought, oh, wow. Okay. So there's this thing called self-development and it's this idea of self-inquiry and working through the inside rather than the outside. Okay. All right. If I can just figure this whole self thing out by next year, because next year I'll be 20 maybe 21 at most, at most, then I will be ahead of the curve. And then I would know myself and I would have figured everything out. I'm like, yeah, right. That's the journey in and of itself, right? So good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a seed that was planted. And then in 2006, Bikram yoga, I know it's controversial now, but before the news of Bikram wasn't out yet, but Bikram came, hot hot yoga came into the city. I lived in Edmonton then. I tried it out. It's such an easy in when you do hot yoga because it's so strenuous. It feels like a workout. But I knew there was something more. I knew there was something about this yoga, yoga lifestyle that I really loved. I just didn't know what it was. And also I was a little bit, um, a little bit flighty with my yoga, a little bit fickle with my yoga practice. For the next 10 years or so, I was 
we were on and off, me and yoga. We were <laughs> on again, off again. I would come back to it when I felt like my world was crumbling and everything was overwhelming. And I'm like, oh yeah, yoga symbolizes breath and relaxation and mindfulness. So yeah, I'm going to come back to it. And I do yoga for a little while, maybe try out uh, the one month membership at a studio or something like that and drop off. And the next time something really strenuous was happening in my life, I would come back and tell finally in 2015 when almost as if it was on a whim, I decided to take my yoga teacher training. I'd been working in corporate at that point in time for about four years, four or five years. And it wasn't my cup of tea. I really didn't like it. I just didn't know what else there was to do. Like, I mean, before that I was a makeup artist, but it wasn't a quote unquote real job. And because I graduated with my university degree, I felt like I should, that's always a red flag when you think you should, that's a key word there, be getting a quote unquote real job and join in with the rest of the gang who were also trying to climb their way up the corporate ladder. And it'd been five years, four or five years. I really didn't, I really didn't like what I was doing. My job wasn't going all that well for several reasons. I think the main one was this idea that this isn't what I'm meant to do. This isn't purpose. And I was so hung up on finding my purpose because I knew there was something more. I knew there was something that I was meant to contribute to this world. I just didn't know what it was. So I was killing myself, just sitting there twirling in circles until finally, I remember driving back to Edmonton one time with a friend. And I was like, you know what? If I'm not going to get this promotion, screw it. Screw work life. I'm just going to take my yoga teacher training, okay? And I said it half jokingly. Like I said it jokingly. We laughed at it. But you know when you say something and there's a bit of truth to it mm-hmm. and it lingers around, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Sure enough, I did get the promotion which was perfect because it set me up financially to go ahead and spend the whatever thousands of dollars I needed for yoga teacher training. I took it anyways, because I knew that at least of trying to find my purpose and what I was meant to do in this world, that teaching was going to be one of them. I had no idea what I was meant to teach or what I wanted to teach, but Hey, if you take yoga teacher training, you get to do that. Right. And then that's when my world really blasted open. It was It wasn't like, you know, like confetti and glitter and like a big bang, like, hello, you know, congratulations, you found your purpose. It was more of a coming home. The program that I took was a yoga teacher training that you would take three days. So it would be a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday once a month for nine months. And they did that so that you can integrate the information that you were learning. And so the first class took it, loved it. Second class started learning something new, took it, loved it. And the third class, I remember my world beginning to, I want to say open up, but it was more like a coming home where we started talking about the energy points in the body. We started talking about this inner world and how yoga in and of itself is this path to finding your true self. And (laughs) We talked about some weird stuff in class, like throughout the nine months, like not the teachers, but the students in there, everyone's gone, gone on their own journeys. Right. So some people were talking about like chakras openings and energy work and 
some people talked about past lives and being fairies and dolphins and whatever it was in their past lives. I so, would be a dolphin person. I know. I actually got, I actually ended up getting my chakras cleansed and cool. she goes into your past lives a little bit. It was really interesting. I was certain that I was like a dolphin or a fairy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, look at me. I'm bouncy. I'm pretty light. And it was like, it was just interesting. Apparently I was tortured a lot because oh. I, yeah, because That's I was like, so the opposite of a fairy or dolphin. I know. And I was like, who me? And she's like, yeah, you're just laying low this life. And you really watch what you say because in the past you were a philosopher and Ooh. you would just say whatever you found out, but people weren't ready to accept it. So you got like tortured for that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I did, I did all the weird things. I love them. I I still love them. I did Mm -hmm. all the weird things. There's the way I figure, who are we to say that it's not true? There are certainly things that happen beyond our five senses that we just can't see yet. So was the case for atoms. And so was the case for neuroplasticity. We just haven't discovered a way to see it or sense it yet. That's all is kind of how I figure. But anyways, yeah, my world opened up. It was like a coming home and I never would have labeled myself as a spiritual person before, but truly that's exactly what this journey has been all about. I think that was my spiritual awakening. And now I'm on the spiritual journey of continuously keeping one foot on the ground on earth, trying to navigate, you know, the driver who cuts you off or like catching the right bus. (laughs) And then the other foot in the spiritual self where we focus on mindfulness, oneness, and the yoga, the yoking of coming back to our true self. Yeah, I love all that so, so much. There's so many different ways that I want to take that. Uh, Thank you for sharing all of that. That's so wonderful. I feel like I had a very similar experience too with my yoga teacher training. Ironically, we did the same format as you, except ours was on Friday rather than Monday. And I really, I didn't know how I felt about it at first because when I took my yoga teacher training, it was with the sole intention of getting my certification as fast as I could so I could so I could teach yoga on a beach and be an Instagram worthy person and the next yoga girl yes <laughs> that was like it, it becomes very similar to that so in a different manner but like that was my sole purpose and I was like nine months to get my certification and at the same time like I was working corporate so I don't know why I thought this was going to happen in a month time but <laughs> It, I was really like really unsettled on it, but I actually loved ha- how that was spaced out because you're right. It gave you the chance to implement so much of what you were learning. And I mean, the process that you go through, it's it's same thing for me. I never would have considered myself really a spiritual person before. And what turned from getting my certification so I could teach yoga became so much more personally, personal development, connecting spiritually Mm -hmm. with myself, with other people, with the, with the world and what we are here to do. I joke around. I I joke around, but there's truth to it. I cried in every single yoga teacher training class we ever had. (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome. there, There was so much release. And I had realized, like, I think it was, 
the Sunday. So we had started on Friday and the Sunday. And it was like you were saying when you're in high school, like I had no freaking idea what I wanted to do. I was a very depressed and suicidal teenager too. Mm -hmm. And so for me to come, like to go to college and university was like, A, I don't want to leave my house. It had gotten so bad that it was really hard for me to leave my home. And I was like, I don't know. I'm 18. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do with my life. And people were like, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And I'm like, nothing. It doesn't feel right, but I don't know. Okay. And like you had said, I, my first real person job was an early childhood educator. And I very quickly realized that was not for me. And then I migrated (laughs) into corporate. And the ironic thing was with my corporate job, I absolutely loved it. I loved the team I worked with. But I had worked for a private investigative and security firm, and we had dealt with a lot of murder and kidnapping, and I burnt out very fast from it. I was like, I do not, I can't do this for the next 25 years, let alone the next five years of my life. Like, I just don't want to be on the receiving end of all this bad stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, with my yoga teacher training, I was like, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to figure it out. And it's so good. Yeah, I I cried a lot at my yoga teacher training. (laughs) You know what? Funny enough, I didn't cry at all. And I think it's because I hadn't been softened yet. I had spent so much of my life doing what I should do, being whatever or whoever I was supposed to be. And spending my time in academia. So I, I'm not proud of it. It still happens if I'm totally transparent with you guys, it totally still happens, but I really got my validation from how well I did in my tests, in my exams. Yes. Because they tell you if they're, you're good enough, depending on your marks. Right. Mm -hmm. So I totally fell for that. And because I was so in that world of academia, logic, reason, I hadn't really opened myself, even though I'm a very emotional being, I never really opened myself up to that yet. So I never, I, the tears hadn't come in my yoga teacher. They come now, <laughs> but not at yoga I, teacher training. I cried for you. Don't worry. I cried for a lot of extra people. You got, yeah. Okay, great. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna um, bum off your tears <laughs> for yoga teacher training. You okay. know, there was one thing that you said in your story though, that really, I don't know, that that resonates or like it really helps bring a point home because you're talking about how you were in your corporate job and you dealt with a lot of murders and everything. I wonder, like, did you do, did you go into that job because you wanted to help people? And it just seemed like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny. So my grandfather was a very well-known sergeant out here and oh my, like, I, I doted on my grandfather. He has since passed away, but I just, I looked up to him so much and I wanted to be a police officer for a very long time. And my eyes were too bad and I had asthma that I couldn't control. And they were like, not a chance. Are you doing that? (laughs) So to take even further back, I had been sexually abused by a family member for a very long time. So I wanted to get into the policing and focus on sexual crimes or sex crimes and be in, I wanted to help people who were going Mm -hmm. through that. The people who had impacted my life when I was going through it had, I think were the 
people who prevented me, this sounds so morbid, from taking my own life at times. And so I was like, I want to be that person. I want to be that helping hand for people. And I had worked in a rape crisis center for a while. And it was like, I don't want to be on the receiving end. I, I want to help people, but how can I do it in a preventative way or in a, not in a reaction way, but in a responsive way? Yeah. And without totally draining yourself or hating your life. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's so important because that's what I find. People who are ready to and are open to you getting on this self-growth journey or spiritual journey or whatever, whatever it is of becoming more themselves. Yeah. I find so often the intent, number one, you're ready to contribute. You already know that you have a purpose and that you want to help others in some way. And then you get frustrated because you don't know how to help. And for me, it was, I, I didn't have anything crazy traumatic that happened in my childhood. And I almost felt it's so weird. I almost felt guilty for that because I thought that if I was going to go out and serve my purpose and help people, it would have to be with something heavy like that, mm-hmm. like, um, suicide prevention center. I, I looked into that a little bit. Um, I volunteered at a women's shelter, women who get, you know, domestic, who get abused, like there's domestic violence and everything. And I volunteered at the hospital, but I got to tell you, like, and I thought I was going to become a doctor Mm -hmm. for a little while, but I hated hospitals. They really scared me. They still do. Like they're kind of creepy. They're eerie. They're creepy. I don't like them. So (laughs) hospitals scared me. I didn't have fun at all volunteering at the hospital. And I was mostly on, like, I just didn't feel it when I was volunteering at the women's shelter. I very much enjoyed volunteering because I actually worked with the kids and everything. So that was really fantastic. But it was just that heaviness every day. It was one, it was part of this whole journey of awakening, this whole journey of growth to end up figuring out how you want to help. Because there are a thousand million billion ways that you can get out there, contribute and make the world a brighter place. So one of the big things is you don't have to feel guilty for not wanting to contribute this way rather, or for not wanting to contribute this way. And you prefer to do that instead. And for me, when I found yoga, it clicked. And that's what led me to, I actually do desire map facilitation as well. It's based off of Danielle Laporte's book where I help people figure out their core desired feelings because we chase these external things and at the end it's always internal basically. Mm -hmm. And then that's what led me to life coaching, like one little breadcrumb at a time. That's a really good segue into discussing your life coaching. So you go through yoga teacher training and you decide, is this when you decide that you want to become a life coach or is this still a little process for you until you come to that conclusion? There was a process and this has to do with listening to the signs from the universe. <laughs> if you, they, they say, they say, if you don't listen 
to, you're always being guided. You're always being led. And if you don't listen to the signs, it's going to speak a little bit louder. And if you can't hear the shouting, you're going to be hit over the head with a two by four until you finally get it. And I feel like that's what had to initially happen (laughs) for the yoga teacher training while I was in corporate because I was so stuck in this world of like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. I don't, I want other stuff. I absolutely had my eye out on something entrepreneurial and bright and shiny and fun. But I had to be hit over the head with a two by four with a nice long chain of horrible bosses and crazy work situations that you cannot dream up (laughs) to finally wake up and be like, oh, I see. Like you mean for me to leave corporate? Okay, I got it. So I I got the message the first time and I left corporate to go teach yoga. But when I look back... Life coaching was always in the books. I didn't see it yet. So for example, when I quit my job, I quit my job. I told my manager. And the first thing that she said was, oh, you're quitting to be a life coach or something like that, aren't you? And I was like, no, I'm doing my podcasts and I'm going to teach yoga. Like that was my only plan. And Later on, I got set up with a podcasting accountability partner for the first, yeah, he lives somewhere in the States. And for the first few meetings that we've had, he was like, yeah, 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 you're a yoga teacher, podcaster. Okay. And then you do your life coaching thing. And I was like, I don't do life coaching. We went through like five meetings and he kept getting confused of, oh, and then you do life coaching. Yeah. And then you're a life coach. I'm like, no, I'm not. What? No, I'm not a life coach. The universe and, is going, you're a life coach, you're a hello, life coach. Yeah, hello. <laughs> and that actually happened with a few other people too, like old coworkers, friends. And they're like, yeah, then you do the life coaching. And I was like, what? No, where did you get that from? And the thing is that what? No, was actually me feeling flattered. And I don't even want to say the word because it's such a weakening word, but like unworthy in a sense, yeah, because I, I was like- it, yeah, like it sounds so great to be able to do that. Like, um, yeah, it would be so awesome if I was a life coach, but who am I? Like what? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, yes, I really want it, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know yeah. what experience I have. So, <laughs> and then the universe being as gentle and kind as it <laughs> is, it gave me a stepping stone. It gave me desire map facilitation first. So I left the corporate world. I taught yoga. I did the podcast and it basically landed on my lab, this opportunity for desire map facilitation. I was signing up for a business program so that I could learn more. No one really tells you how to be an entrepreneur. Not even if you've taken business school, like I have, like that's a whole journey on its own. So I was taking like an entrepreneurship course and I, I don't remember, like there was, um, an affiliate for it. And Danielle Laporte was affiliate or something like that. And it was like it. And because I signed up for Danielle Laporte's um, newsletter, it came into my inbox, like, boom, are you taking this course? Would you like to be a design map facilitator? And I was like, um, yes. So I did that. And after a year, just a short year of doing that, I think that was exactly the stepping stone, right? The breadcrumbs that get you to where you need to be. That was the exact stepping stone that I needed to open myself up to life coaching. Because as I helped people through this desire map stuff and figuring out what they really want, it was like, 
great. I get you to a point where you realize what it is that you really want, that you're really going after. Here's a tool. It's essentially your, a blueprint of your compass. Off you go. And I found myself craving to help them through that journey because it's one thing to have your tool and know which way, like at least point you in the right direction. And it's another thing to go through that journey because going through my short stint of being in entrepreneurship, of trying something to trying to do something that I really, really desire. I've already come, <laughs> you might, you might, you might resonate just a little. I've already come through my fair share of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, feeling not good enough, feeling so scared to approach certain businesses or companies, having these fantastic ideas, but again, being scared to implement them because what if it secretly sucks and just no one's telling me like all these crazy fears and crazy thoughts. So that's what finally brought me into life coaching. I was like, no, I want to help people further along. And I ended up taking a life coaching program that melts both worlds together. There is much grounded and scientific research. But on the other hand, the tools that we use really dive into your subconscious mind and they're I'd say a tinge of magic, like they're a little bit magical in terms of getting you to not rationalize or be logical, not that you're illogical, but not to analyze and rationalize your issues, but to more rather listen to your heart and gut brain because you've got your brain brain processes 11 million bits of information per second. Then there's your intuition, your gut and your heart which processes 40 million bits of information a second. And so often we ignore that. I know, I know I did like putting so much emphasis on academia. We ignore what our body's trying to tell us. And the thing is, your body never lies. That is another compass to put into your tool belt. Your body never lies. So learn to listen to it. Yeah. I love that so, so much. And as you were saying that it makes me think of myself with experiences and it's like, you know, when something like you get so excited about something or you're like, oh, I'd be so good at that. And instantly in your heart, you're like, oh my God, this would be so cool. And then the brain kicks in right away and goes, eh, who are you to really be doing that? Or no, nobody's going to like that. Who do you think you are to do that? And, but it's true. Like the, your heart will tell you first right away. And then the brain tries to keep you right back where you started because it's a change. And the brain doesn't like change. Yeah. The, the lizard mind is trying to keep you safe and yeah. anything that's uncomfortable or that anything that changes is unsafe. And it tells you, you know, it tells you such crazy things. And mm-hmm. sometimes it gets so sneaky. Even it acts as if it's trying to protect you yeah. or that it's being reasonable. Like, Oh, I've got this idea for a super awesome podcast topic. And I really should interview this I should interview yoga girl, you yeah. know, like, so like I should go and interview yoga girl, get her on the show. She would be so good for the listeners and your brain will be like, well, just any, there's so many concoctions that can come up with and it can mm-hmm. be sneaky. Like, well, you know, not right now, because if you look at your next three weeks, it's pretty packed and you just don't want to commit yourself to something that you can't see through, or yeah. it'll tell you something along the lines of, you know what, why don't you just get a couple more people who are also influencers 
first and and then you can work your way up to yoga girl like it just so many things. I know. It's so <laughs> true. It's so true. So what you're doing sounds like it sounds absolutely incredible. It sounds so amazing. But I imagine it's a lot of energy for you and not necessarily in a bad way, just to help somebody like that or to help people like that can take a lot of energy. So what other health or wellness practices or self-care practices do you implement so that you can keep that energy high, that you can keep filling up your cup so you can fill up others. Yes. I love that you answer or that you are asking this question because energy maintaining and protecting your energy. And I talk about energy in the most um, grounded terms. I don't mean it in any esoteric way, like literally like how energetic you are and how much energy you have to do the work that you need to do. That has been one of the biggest lessons that I've learned as I started my business. Uh, The first thing is make sure that you're doing the right thing, that you're spending your time on the thing that you love and you could probably appreciate it too. I know you just did like an amazing retreat in Costa Rica. Retreats are so much fun. It looked amazing. They're so much fun, but they're also so much work. Oh my God. So much work. (laughs) I can only, I've never done a retreat, but I can only imagine I used to do some event planning and it's just so many moving pieces. So Mm -hmm. crazy. And it certainly takes up some major energy, but when you're doing the right thing, it feels good and your energy will replenish versus when you're doing something wrong. That's not right for you. Mm-hmm. And I think about when I was back in corporate. So yes, it takes a lot of energy for me to do do all the things, you know, putting putting myself out on social media, actually coaching the clients and holding space for them. And this includes teaching yoga as well, because there are things that happen with students and holding space for them there. That, yes, is the massive amount of energy. But it kind of, there's a self-care aspect involved, but it also, once you're aligned, kind of feeds back into itself. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that after your retreat, as much work as it wasn't as hard as you were, it was still energizing. Like, yes, we did it. And that was so incredible. Yeah. Like versus for when I was back in corporate, there was no, yes, it still feels really good. It was all like, no, I'm done. I would go home. And the best I could do was keep my eyes open to watch some Netflix. Like that was the best that I could do. So the first thing in maintaining your energy is making sure that you're spending it on the right things. Are you doing some, are you spending the bulk of your time doing something that you love that's feeding back into your energy and your well-being? If not, take a look at it. It doesn't mean by any means that you have to make a drastic change. So don't go quitting your job tomorrow (laughs) or anything like that. But it does mean that maybe you just kind of like peel back a layer, take a little peek, a little look-see and see what's going on there. And maybe start figuring out, hey, what is it that you really want out of life? Like what's really going to light you up? And that's the second thing. You don't have to solve all of that before you figure out that second piece, which is what lights you up? huge, huge, huge. My, my business coach helped me with this because she saw that I was kind of killing myself trying to do all the things. And she asked me, okay, tell me what gives you energy and what takes it away? 
that exercise in and of itself changed everything for me. I realized that what really gives me energy, for example, is working out. And as I got sucked into the rabbit hole of doing business, I started putting my workouts to the wayside. Like I would still do my yoga. Yoga is different. And I do yoga for a much different purpose. That's going inward than my workouts. But I put my workouts to the wayside. And it was something that's so vital that pumps me up, that gives me that energy that I wasn't doing. So that was one of those things. Another thing that gave me energy, and I was doing right, so I was really happy with myself, is connecting with others. I'm like, hell yeah, that's what I do for my podcast. So like, yeah, yeah, that explains everything. I very much enjoy it. Just create a list. What fills you up? Going out for walks, going out for a run, playing in the snow, whatever it is, do more of that. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be this big revelation about yourself. You already know what gives you energy and what you like doing. So it's just a matter of doing more of that. And then on the other side, what drains you? (laughs) What I realized was being, oh, in my life, I'm perpetually late. That's like one of those things that's just a work in progress on my part. I feel like I'm perpetually late and that's not a great thing. And what I realized when I thought about it was anytime that I'm running late, it drains me. That hustle and bustle and that rushing of like, oh my gosh, and now get the gift. And oh my goodness, like just that one, one more like swipe of mascara before I run out the door. And as you run out the door, you rush into the car and you're just like, okay, well, the seatbelt, do I have the gift? And I just feel so flustered. Mm -hmm. And by the time all that is said and done, I feel like as if I used up, um, in a non-effective way, my tank of energy. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. That's one, that's one thing. Keeping yeah. that, um, filling up your, like what gives you energy, what mm-hmm. drains you. Yeah. And another one, I'm sure like, yeah. Tell me which guest hasn't said this before, but meditation. Mm, <laughs> so good. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's so good when people are like, um, you know, I'm not really big into meditation. I'm like, meditation will change your life. If you implement <laughs> one thing, meditate. Yeah. I, I think people assume that they have to be in a dark room chanting ohm for an hour at a time, cross-legged. Yes. Where did you get this picture from? The but media. It, I, I don't know. The, you know, the guy with the beard on social media that does it all the time for like nine hours a day. That's, yeah. there's so many different types of meditation too. And for me, that's really been like breaking down what meditation is because I know yes. people who, to sit there and do like a focus type of meditation. First, I would not suggest starting that off the bat for, you know, even, even to set a time, five minutes, listen to a guided meditation. That's probably the easiest way to dip your toe into the meditation world. And it's five minutes. I also love the people who are like, I don't have five minutes. You're on Instagram and Facebook. Like, <laughs> yeah, five minutes, less, less of that, like five minutes to a, work out the brain, because that's really what it is. It's so good for the brain. And B, to give it, like, to quiet down and listen to yourself and see, like, like, you know, everybody who says meditation changed my life, there's a reason why everybody says that, because it, it changes your life. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take five minutes to try it? Yeah, it really soothes 
the nerves. And you know what I think about the analogy that I think of uh, meditation with is, you know how there's, of course, this whole um, health food movement right now Mm -hmm. to eliminate the foods that really are crap for you. And people are playing around with plant-based diets. They're playing around with veganism. And I played, I'm not a vegan. I am a vegetarian, but I'm not a vegan because I do love cheese, even though now I know what it makes me feel like. Mm -hmm. I did give up cheese for a little bit and I real, you don't realize you're inflamed until you take it away. Mm-hmm. essentially is what I'm trying to say. So yes. I, I, when I let go of dairy for four weeks, my body was in such a peaceful state. I didn't realize I was hurting until it stopped. And so too is the mind. You don't realize how crazy that monkey mind is and how attached you are to it until you take a couple of minutes to let it all just simmer, let it all just settle. And it's so true. The world of meditation is vast and there's a whole variety out there. You don't even have to have your eyes closed. You can be coloring, you can be painting. I do different meditations depending on what it is that I need. At times it's simply breathing and it's more of a pasana style. And I love Tara Brock for it. Have you Listen to her stuff. No, I need to. (sighs) Tara Brack, B-R-A-C-H. So she has a podcast as well. She has free meditations on Insight Timer, which is a free app in and of itself. And she's a, she teaches Buddhist mindfulness. Okay. So just, yeah. So no fancy music, nothing. It's just pure awareness. Some days I need that. And some days I need more visualizations to be guided to a safe space where I can start exploring subconscious thoughts. And other days I need, I need even less than all of that. I need yoga nidra. (laughs) You lay in Shavasana. Yes. You lay in Shavasana and you're guided to release energy through energy points. And what's so cool about yoga nidra is that it brings you into a hypnagogic state. So in your waking mind, you're in beta brainwave. So you and I are conscious, we're talking, we're thinking, I'm probably thinking the next thing to say, even though I can't even see, see my own brain working that fast. Then there's the alpha where most people get to when you're just simmering for five minutes, everything starts to soothe and everything starts to move slower and you begin to open the doors for creativity. The other one that we experience is Delta. So we skip a step. We go straight to Delta where you're like basically unconscious because you're sleeping. And those are the Delta brainwaves. But right before you fall asleep, you know when you can still hear like just people chattering or you're still aware of like the street noise. In that state, you're in Theta brainwaves. And that is the hypnagogic state. That is the most relaxed state that you can be in. And your subconscious mind is very open to different ideas. And so Yoga Nidra brings you in there so that you can start rewiring any of the false beliefs that are running your life. So you go from, oh, I'm never doing enough to I am enough because you set your resolve. So good. Yeah. That and yeah. And, and you just lay there. (laughs) If anything else, you just lay there and you get your comfies on, you get a pillow, not necessary to like sleep with, but just to be comfortable. And yeah, I love yoga nidra. And it's so funny because I was so, 
I was so against meditation and yoga nidra when I first started my practice because I came from a very physically based, like I want to work out. I want to do power yoga. I want to sweat. Yep, <laughs> yep. T- yeah. I'm raising my hand. Hot yoga. That's yeah. what it was about. They tell you it burns 700 calories or something. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting all 700 of those in. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I know that was my thought too. And my teacher <sighs> in yoga teacher training was like, okay, like we're going to learn about meditation. I was like, yawn, like, oh, this is not for me. And I'm, ironically now I'm like do meditation like everybody has to meditate I I will almost I still do yoga or some sort of workout every day but if it was a choice I would choose my meditation practice over a workout yeah and and that's the thing once you are able to take even if it's just a mini step back to see just how crazy that little monkey is and that monkey mind and what an effect it has on you when it just starts to simmer. Like it starts, it stops bouncing off the wall so hard. (laughs) It's just like, maybe it just sits there a little bit. Pokes its head up every once in a while. Yeah. Like go back down. What a difference that makes for your mental health. Yeah. Then it kind of like the food thing. Once you realize what inflames you, even though I still love my dairy, I'm, I don't indulge in the same way. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. I, now I realize I'm actually feeling like crap. And I know what feeling like, what not feeling like crap feels like. So I'm just going to some days make a conscious decision to feel just a little bit like crap. Just a little crappy. (laughs) Just a little crappy. Yeah. So good. So before we head into something, what I have dubbed the speed round, is there anything that you want to leave our audience with, whether it's a tip, whether it's a wellness practice that you swear by, something that they can implement today yeah oh my gosh we talked about so much megan i think yeah so much good stuff but if it's one thing that you're going to do today that can start changing your life or start opening you up to this path of self-growth that you want to take i'd say just simply simply do that list of what makes you feel good like what lights you up and what drains you of your energy. Start working on that list. It doesn't even have to be a whole big thing. Choose the tiniest thing. For example, if going for walks in nature is your thing, go out for a walk today. Five minutes, 10 minutes, doesn't matter. Just get more of what gives you energy in. That's so good. I have a list. Maybe we should share it when this podcast goes live. We can share a little picture. (laughs) Well, mine is pictures because I like to draw and color and stuff. Oh, that's so cute. Mine's (laughs) is in my Google Keep so that I can remind myself on my phone often. Yeah. I am more than happy to send that over to you. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So I've dubbed this the speed round. It's not necessarily how fast you can answer, but one word or one sentence and then like 99.9% I'll take you on a tangent off of that though. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Perfect. Okay. What is a podcast book or resource that has brought you value that you would share with our audience? Okay. Um, one podcast I am such a nerd. I love Radio Lab, especially their older episodes because they always look into <laughs> the scientific, the scientific ways that things work. 
There's one in particular, I don't remember the title, but they talk about the secret communication that forests have between the roots of the trees and the fungus that live below. And it's almost like as if they're, they're a whole community down there. The fungus is going to leave some nutrients with the plant. The plant's going to take it. And when the fungus is ready to take it or take it back, the plant's going to open up and give it back. So so they describe it in a much more magical way than I just did. (laughs) It sounds so cool. I love it. I love it. That's just wonderful for curiosity and exploration. And one book that I just absolutely love and which is very relevant to this journey of growth and spirituality Michael A. Singer's The Untethered Soul the first time I read it I thought it was bogus because I he's like something about like oh these imprints and to be but also not being and I was like I don't know I don't get you Michael A. Singer a year after yoga teacher training I read it with fresh eyes and it was like mind blowing it's fantastic so good. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Love that. Who is your favorite influencer or person to look up to for inspiration? Oh my gosh. I love so many people. So Oprah, mm-hmm. but I think most of everyone knows Oprah. So I'll just leave that. I love Marie Forleo. Yes. She's a business and life. Co- okay. You know her. Yeah. yeah. And her whole thing is helping you create a business and life you love, mm-hmm. but it's not just her content that I love. It's the way that she shows up in the world. Like she's stylish, she's confident, she's real. And she just adds so much value. So, so much value. Whether you actually purchase a course from her or whether you watch Marie TV, which is what I did for years. Yeah. Yeah. She's so funny too, which I think is really oh, refreshing yeah, so in the yeah. in the self-development world. Actually, now that, now that I think about it, I feel like there's a few of them that I'm like, you actually have a good sense of humor. So that's yeah. always nice I, to I have in it. this space. Can I actually add one more? Yeah, of course. Okay. And of course I should add one more. Martha Beck. Martha Beck has been a huge influence in my life, but I want to share her because I don't think a lot of the dig- of the digital world really knows about her. I found her through Oprah, Oprah, yeah, O Magazine's uh, column, okay. and she's a life coach who writes on there. And I had been reading her books for the last seven years. I love her, number one, because she's quirky and funny, and I really like quirky and funny. Number two, because in a lot of the writing that she does, whether it be in her book or one of her articles, she usually refers to animals, and I love cool. animals. So she uses animals as analogies, and they're so witty, and they're so smart. And number three, she, it was actually her, um, coaching training that I decided to take because she bridges the gap between science and the more esoteric world. So she says it in, she says, I can speak Harvard. So she'll explain it to you in the way that you need to, um, concretely and tangibly, but she also knows of the life of wonderment and magic. And I'm like, yes. Yes, that's exactly what I love. It's, yeah, she's easy to um, digest, if that's Okay, yeah, that's amazing. I'll have to check her out. What are you grateful for today? 
Oh, what a fantastic question. I am so grateful for being here with you, Megan. Is that, you. is that cheesy? It, no, it might I'm, be, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful you came on the show too. No, this is such a nice conversation. I love connecting with like-minded people. Yeah, I think what you're doing is so fantastic. And mm-hmm. you're not only providing a platform for everyone to share their story, but you're sharing these stories out to listeners who could potentially benefit from coming along with someone's story. I know for me, I I used to look for stories when I was hating corporate. I looked for stories just to know that I wasn't alone and just to know that, oh my gosh, there's like light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yes. So I know how helpful people's stories are. Thank you. That's so kind of you. Thank you. You're going to love this question. Okay. What is your spirit animal? Oh my gosh. (laughs) When you said you what? loved animals, I was like, oh, she's going to love question four. I know. I, I love all animals. I love so many. I honestly, I want to say something awesome like an eagle or a phoenix, but I think I'm a little chipmunk. <laughs> like, oh, that's so perfect though. I love chipmunks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm a little... Or squirrel, you know, I'm a little squirrely, <laughs> skittish at times. I'm a little piglet when it comes to doing things, but also very curious. Cute. Yes. I love that so much. I haven't had anyone say that. So that's a perfect answer. Yeah. That's because it's not as cool as like white tiger, phoenix, <laughs> like squirrel. Uh, but I'm I got to be cool honest. Squirrel. Yeah. I think it's a chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite form of self-care to practice? My absolute favorite form of self-care is morning journals. Uh, Have you heard of that before? Yeah. So I've heard it in the sense of it's like three pages usually, and it's just conscious journaling. Yeah. It it comes from the book, The Artist's Way, which I didn't really, I actually didn't read that one. I just learned about morning journal, three pages back to back, and you just do a complete brain dump of anything and everything that's going in your mind. It doesn't have to be uh, something that you comprehend. It doesn't have to make grammatical sense. Just get it out. And every single time, a nugget of wisdom always comes through. Oh, so, so good. Yeah. Veronica, this has been so much fun. If anyone wants to connect with you, listen to your podcast, maybe get a little bit of life coaching from you, where can everybody go and find you? Yeah, you bet. Thank you so much, Megan. So you guys, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I live on social media. It's at Curious Monkey and it's M-O-N-K-I. To check out more about this life coaching stuff and everything else that I have to offer, you can check out my website, veronicatai.com and that's T-H-A-I. Or just email me. I love hearing from you. Hello at Curious Monkey, M-O-N-K-I dot com. Perfect. Thank you so, so much for sharing your journey, sharing all your wisdom and being here today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Megan. It was a fantastic conversation with you. Wait, guys, before you go, a couple of things. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and really does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to stop by and say hi on social media Take a screenshot of this episode, tag me, tag our guest, and hashtag the show. 
Share it out on your Instagram stories so that I can share it out on mine and I will slide into your DMs to say hello. Also, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel. Make sure you've clicked that bell button to be notified when I post free content, guys. Free. All you have to do is subscribe, share it with others, hit that bell button. You can't do any better than free. And my YouTube channel gives you free content on Wednesdays to practice from in the comfort of your home. I get that it's not always easy to make it to a studio or to the gym, but you can find some time. There's all lengths of videos on my YouTube channel. I have everything from five minutes up to 60 minutes. You can find it all in one spot and make sure that you are joined so that you can follow along every single month with a monthly curated playlist just for you. With that, I will leave you guys. I hope you have an incredible rest of your week. I will see you next Monday. Namaste.